Welcome to Staying Connected, a podcast where I talk to other people about their stories with feds or vascular Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Staying Connected. This is your host, Katie, and before we get into the show, I want to remind you that the views, information, and opinions in these podcasts are those of the individuals involved and do not represent the opinions of the Marfan Foundation. The Marfan Foundation is not responsible for and does not verify for accuracy any of the information contained in them, nor does the information constitute medical or other professional advice or services. This show is not produced by or affiliated with the Marfan Foundation or the VEDS movement. In the last episode, we talked to Jeremiah Taze, who first appeared on the show back in 2019. In today's episode, we're going to talk to Christy Gann, who was diagnosed with VEDS after her son Hunter died of an aortic dissection last year. Hunter was only 14 years old. Christy is going to share what happened to Hunter, as well as how she is handling her own diagnosis. Before we go over to the interview, if you want to support this show, consider joining my Patreon. For a few dollars a month, you can make sure this show continues to reach people around the world with real-life stories about vets. You can join the Patreon at patreon.com slash translucent1. You can also support the show by sharing this podcast with people you know to help us raise awareness of vets around the world. Thank you so much for your support, and a huge thanks to my current patrons who have already been supporting the show. Let's go ahead and go to the interview. Hey, Christy, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and sharing your and your son Hunter's story with VEDS with everybody. You want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Christy Gann. Um, I'm from Denver, Colorado, 39 years old, (laughs) mom of three. And when were you, when were you diagnosed with VEDS? Um, I was actually just recently diagnosed, uh, November of 21. Um, and unfortunately it was after my son Hunter passed away is how we diagnosed me. Yeah. So tell me, tell me a little bit about Hunter. Oh man, (laughs) Hunter, he's great kid. Great kid. Um, he was very shy. Um, mama's boy, big time, try not to cry about it, but, um, loved space. Space was like everything to him. He was outside almost every night with, um, (laughs) the telescope looking up. I'd always yell at him to get off of our roof because he wanted to be higher up so he could see it better. (laughs) Um, he loved anime. Anime was like a huge thing for him. Um, Fortnite, (laughs) Call of Duty. He was a huge gamer. Um, Loved animals. Huge lover of animals. Um, He'd do anything for them. Yeah. Great kid. Very great kid. That's so sweet. Yeah. So tell me about VEDS and your family. So we didn't know VEDS happened until um, my sister got diagnosed in 2009. Um, 
I'll let her tell her story. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she got diagnosed in 2009 and she kind of started doing a lot of history on our family, like kind of like family. I don't know how you say it, but what has happened within our family and started noticing a pattern. My father passed away at 40 from what we are assuming now VEDS. Uh, his brother passed at 15 from what we are assuming VEDS also. And then my grandma, we suspect the way she passed away, passed at like 80-something from VEDS also. So I didn't really, I don't know how to say it, but wasn't really concerned about it. Um, I didn't really have any problems with it. I wasn't, nothing was happening with me. It was totally healthy. And then 2018, I got really, really sick and they thought it was ulcers. So I was treated for ulcers and didn't think anything of it. I've never had ulcers before. So I assumed this is what this pain was. This is, you know, all that. Well, in after Hunter had passed away and I got diagnosed and they did the CT scans, they noticed that I did have a dissection. And they are assuming, because you can't, you know, timeline when this happened, right. um, they are assuming because of the pain I had and all the events that added up to it is it happened in 2018, which makes sense now. So you, so Kelly kind of, I mean, we'll talk to Kelly in a different episode of this season, um, but, you know, she had the diagnosis and then you have a family history, but because of your like lack of issues prior to that point, you didn't yeah. really think that you had VEDS. No. So tell me what happened to Hunter. <sighs> well, um, it was your typical normal day. Uh, total normal teenage boy. Um, probably like we were running around all day doing errands and stuff like that. About six o'clock, we went over to the in-laws, had dinner. Um, about seven o'clock, we went to Target, got home about 7.30 that night. 7.45, Hunter had messaged me a TikTok video. <laughs> um, he was really into TikToks too. Um, by 8.08, I was on the phone with the ambulance. It was that incredibly quick. Um, I don't know a whole lot of what happened because I kind of, you know, as a mom, you don't, you don't want to see your son pass, but unfortunately I did. Um, he went into the shower and I was in the other room giving my newborn a bath and I kept hearing him scream my back my back mm. well we assumed he was playing his game because that's how Hunter was he was very loud when he played his games and so we just assumed he was just playing his games but I had my fiance run out and I said can you go check on Hunter please it doesn't sound right and uh, my fiance came running back and he goes babe, you need to call the ambulance. This doesn't look good. And I went in there and I seen Hunter and he was passed out 
Um, he was still coherent at the, at the moment. Um, but it was just simple. Okay, mom. Uh, yeah. You know, like just real Mm -hmm. simple wording. Um, by the time the ambulance got here, he was gone. The autopsy that we got back was he had an aortic dissection. Um, and I can't remember what else, but it was something to do with, uh, it was something to do with like the elect- electricity wasn't connecting. So, and obviously because of the dissection, that's, you know, um, yeah, it was, it was very quick, very sudden, very unexpected. And how old was he when this happened? Um, he was 14, uh, four months shy of turning 15. And you mentioned, so this was, this was last year in September? September 26th, yep. And this kind of like precipitated your diagnosis. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because we didn't, like I said, when he, when they did bring him to the hospital, they did try to resuscitate him. And, you know, at first they thought it was diabetic shock. Um, so they were pumping him with insulin and just after 45 minutes of working with him, they were just like, you know, we, there's nothing more we can do for him. And then, like I said, once we got the, the autopsy back, that's when my sister was like, Christy, he had beds. And that led me to get diagnosed or not diagnosed, but which obviously I was, you know, the one that handed it down. And then to get my two daughters checked and my daughters are negative, thankfully, but yeah. That's great news that your daughters don't have this. Yes, absolutely. So you mentioned your newborn daughter. Yeah. In there. And so she was, she was a newborn when Hunter passed. Yeah. She was four weeks old. What a lot to go through, like all at once. Yeah. It's been a <laughs> mentally challenged roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. How have you like share could you share some of those feelings um with me or how you've co- how you've been coping and working through them? I don't know. It's I still struggle. Um it'll be a year and almost a month and I still struggle. I mean like the unexpectancy of it happening, the suddenness of it is very, very shocking. I mean, like I said, 10 minutes prior to that, my son was fine. He was fine. You normal teenage boy. Um, it's very, <clears throat> it's very scary. Um, you have a lot of anxiety with it. It's it's very emotional. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah, it's very emotional. So, were you surprised about your own diagnosis? Um, no, no. Uh, I think it was, um, you know, several years. Kelly, my sister, got diagnosed in two thousand and nine. Hunter was born in two thousand and seven. And Sierra was born in 2004. So it was kind of like, at that point, it was, 
we kind of discussed it. Like I said, it wasn't like we diagnosed ourselves or, you know, we thought we were okay, but she was like, you know, I think you're okay because you've had two children's, no complications. Um, your pregnancies went great. So I think it was just more of, I think in the back of my mind, I knew, I knew something was wrong. But again, it was just one of those things, like we said, uh, nothing was happening. I was fine. I was healthy. No problems. My kids were okay. Um, I know they say a lot of characteristics and stuff like that. And, you know, in my opinion, (laughs) I didn't have any. Um, Hunter didn't have any. My daughter didn't have any. And then now looking back. Now that Hunter has passed, I did see those characteristics and I do see those characteristics in me now. And just the Hunter would bruise easy, like he would wake up and his whole arm would be like bruised from like elbow down. And we'd be like, what happened? You know, like there was no explanation. He was like, I don't know. I just woke up with it. Um, He would have bloody noses almost every day. no, living in Colorado, you just put it in the back of your mind that it's just the dry air. But it was, I believe, to do with beds. And I mean, again, if you just you don't know, because like a lot of the symptoms are like everyday things that happen with teenagers or, you know, growing up, bloody noses are common. (laughs) Yeah. What kind of signs do you have of beds? Um, I have the translucent skin very bad. Um, I used to bruise very easily. Uh, not so much now. Um, and I am, I don't know if this is part of it, but I'm double jointed really bad in my legs and my elbows. Um, the thin lips, obviously. (laughs) Um, and then like, I'd noticed with like medical stuff, like getting blood drawn and the simplest little things like that is really hard to do. Um, I have a hard time finding my veins or I, um, I forgot what it's called infuse, like the medication infuses inside of me all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are kind of my symptoms. So it like infiltrates, like the veins break and then it yeah. infiltrates. Okay. Yeah. That's what I recently had that happen to me where they, uh, it was a blood draw in an ER and the, it was like the, it, I think it was the medical student's first week and she was very, very new and it, not her fault, but it did infiltrate and it was so wild to watch that happen. Oh, mine hurt. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, it was hurt bad. really bad. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So it's been about a year. Yeah. So how, how has this been for the last year? Like, have you had scans? Like what's the, yeah. Um, so right now, because I just got diagnosed, I mean, obviously it's been about a year now. Um, they're having me do scans every three months for the first year. So I actually have a scan coming up. Um, and then like they do, they draw blood every time, of course, just because um, medication is a huge thing right now. Uh, they're trying to balance my medication out. And I've had a lot of problems with that. Like 
um, my blood pressure gets way too low or it gets way too high or, um, it's like right in between, but they want like my numbers to a certain, you know, like has to be in between certain numbers. Um, so that's been kind of chaotic. Um, there for a while I was going in weekly Mm -hmm. just because it was all new to everybody and, you know, getting established with the vascular surgeon, a cardiologist, um, getting my primary care doctor on the same page of it, you know, with everybody. And yeah, it's, it's been, (laughs) it's been, it's been very chaotic. It's been very stressful. Um, I always say it's, it's a nuisance, but I understand the importance of it. Um, you kind of get used to being poked, (laughs) poked and pricked and, um, having the doctors call you almost every day. And yeah, it's been, it's been pretty, it's, it's a whole new world. It's a whole new world. Yeah. And so when you had your, you know, what was thought at the time to be an ulcer Mm -hmm. years ago, it was 2018, I think you said. Yeah. So that is, they found that dissection there. Yeah. Have there have they found anything else? Like, does this answer any other questions? I mean, definitely the hypermobility no. is part of that. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, like I said, so far, that's all they found. And they told me it was very tiny. But it's something that they want to monitor because, again, we can't state that it happened in 2018. But that's the time I can tell you that I was in a, like, a lot of pain. Um, I was in pain for quite a while and like, it, it was just, yeah, it was very uncomfortable. So that's, we concluded that that's when it happened. We don't know. Um, but that's what they're going to conclude to it. Um, what do you know what kind of dissection it is or did you already tell uh, me? I missed Ili- it? Iliac, Iliac okay. or Iliac. Dis- yeah. Yeah. Iliac. Um, so yeah, I, um, doctor just the cardiologist pretty much just said um they want me to be scanned every three months just to make sure that it's not you know growing bigger or um gets any aneurysms on it or you know um just to make sure I'm okay yeah pretty much um they said that they're not too concerned about it but they are because you know it could expand or another one could happen or so yeah it's just basically high monitor monitor whatever you say monitoring right now um until we figure out um medication and all that too yeah just get into like a new routine yeah yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot to go through when you're first diagnosed. It's, and especially like, so you're, you know, still caring for a very, very young baby. Yeah. And going through all of this is just, it's just a lot to go through. It is. Now, if there was something, I think this is a, it's a sensitive question because, you know, your son passed away last yeah. year. Is there something that you would want medical professionals to know about beds? You know, I don't necessarily, 
I'm not too deep into VEDs yet to actually like get them to know something, but I think I know this is probably just a mother wishing that this doesn't happen to another mother, but genetic testing should be done. I mean, it, I mean, you have Marfan's disease, you have Louis, Louis Day, it's whatever, however you say it. All of those can only be found by genetic testing. And I just feel like, could I have stopped Hunter from passing away? Probably not. But I think it would have made, I don't know how to say this. Um, I think I would have been more prepared. Mm -hmm. you know like expect the unexpected type thing um rather than being punched in the face with it and not knowing you know like obviously it took the autopsy a couple it was about a month and a half before it got to me so that whole month and a half you don't know what happened and there's no way for them to test anything at that point, you know? So I just think that like more testing should be available. I know that's kind of a long stretch because I, I understand genetic testing is, you know, kind of expensive and not every ballpark and everything, but I think it should just be more, more aware of, you know, give the option, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at an earlier stage in life, yeah, like they do genetic testing for, you know, other diseases. And I just think that maybe Veds and Marfins and Lois or however you say it, I think they should all be involved. I mean, give that option to the parents, mm -hmm. you know, insurance covers it or not. Just give that option so that you know. Yeah. I think that's great advice. Do you... Do you know or remember, like, with your family history, when you were pregnant, did they go through any, like, family history with you to determine whether you were high risk for anything? Um, so with my daughter, she'll be 18. So I can't remember that far back. I know they did do genetic, you know, for um, Down syndrome and uh, I can't remember the other one that they did do. Um, with Hunter, it was kind of the same thing. I mean, genetic counseling was there. Uh, they absolutely gave you the option of it, but it was just for certain things. It wasn't like genetic. That was for the newborn, though, right? Like that was yeah. for him in utero. So what about for you? Um, no, they didn't give any. I know with my newborn daughter that I just had, um, I did bring up <clears throat> beds with to them. Um, because that was, you know, after Kelly had gotten diagnosed and I was pregnant at 38. So <laughs> my pregnancy was a little more high risk and I don't know why, but I was just terrified of VEDS. Like I kept telling my mom, I'm scared. Like, I don't know why I'm scared of VEDS, but I'm scared. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so of course I brought it up with the doctor and genetic and they didn't really, um, the guy was really nice. He, he was like, you know, if you have any concerns, we can definitely check. Um, well then surprise my baby came. <laughs> so, um, 
my daughter was two months early. So by the time genetic testing was done and everything, it was too late. Um, I had already had her and yeah, (laughs) I mean, it was, it played what it played and yeah. Oh, it's so great that both of your pregnancies, like that you did not have severe complications or at least best ones during that. Nope. I had, um, preeclampsia with this one, but again, they were, basically saying because I was an older woman having a child, um, played a lot of part to it. So nothing beds related happened to me. It was just more, uh, very high blood pressure. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, which is incredible that you did not have any complications with that preeclampsia. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any advice for somebody who thinks they might have beds? I don't know. Get tested if you can. Don't go through what I've been through. Um, I think if if it's in your family or if you have, um, you know, a history of medical problems in your family, I think it's a good idea to get genetic testing, even if it comes back negative. I, I think I just think it's good to know. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and Hunter's story on the podcast. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. And I really hope that it helps raise awareness of this yeah. condition and, you know, saves other children. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you, Christy. You're welcome. Thank you everyone for joining us today and thank you Christy for sharing your story and Hunter's story with everybody. And to our community, I know that these episodes can be difficult to listen to sometimes, especially for those with beds and their family members. Please practice self-care and get support from your support system if you need to. On the next episode on October 29th, we will talk to Samantha Archie, who is diagnosed after experiencing a uterine rupture during the birth of her second child. Don't forget to subscribe to staying connected on your podcast player so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you like this show, I hope you will consider sharing it with your friends on social media to help us raise awareness of ads together. You can also support the production of this podcast by joining my Patreon at patreon.com slash translucentone. Big thanks to my current patrons for supporting the show. My top tier patrons are listed in the episode show notes. Thanks so much, and I will see you soon.